Welcome to the Absite Smackdown Podcast. We'll talk clinical scenarios, interesting Absite facts, and interesting general surgery knowledge. Now, let's get to it. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Absite Smackdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and with me is Dr. David Kashmir. Hi, Dr. David. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for being on today. As you can see, we are doing our Halloween special. Yeah, Jessica, I look forward to this one. I think uh, when you were talking to me about it, it sounded like a great idea. So here we are to talk about kind of a Halloween-themed Absite Smackdown podcast. Um, I actually asked Dr. David to wear a costume today, and he indulged me. And so for those of you watching, not just listening, um, I am a cow. My ears keep disappearing from Zoom, but it's a fun costume. And Dr. David, I love your costume. Uh, dodgeball, right? Yeah, it's a favorite movie. It's my go-to costume every year. It's the Average Joe's uh, Average Joe's dodgeball costume. Um, yeah, easy to do and really comfortable. And so uh, easy to wear on the show while we talk about the uh, top five darkest surgical facts. Right. As Dr. David said, that is our podcast this week. Top five darkest absite facts. So how we came to this is if you're a regular listener to our show, you will will have heard a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about surgical mistakes. And Dr. David told us about schadenfreude, which is dark joy and how you can get dark joy from other people's mistakes. And I just really loved that word and thought about what it meant and how appropriate it is for Halloween. Yeah, and I think you picking up on it with uh, wanting to talk about the top five darkest surgical facts was kind of a really great idea. Uh, there are plenty of interesting sort of dark or sort of, I mean, sometimes people who aren't in the surgical field may even say creepy uh, surgical facts. And so bringing those together today, I think will be really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Absite Smackdown Podcast. Visit the Smackdown at AbsiteSmackdown.com. So number five, uh, one of the things that's always been most interesting to me is how quickly the hepatic remnant can regrow after major liver resections, especially obviously non-serotic patients. Uh, it's really interesting. You know, uh, hepatocytes to begin with are interesting. Uh, they have multiple nuclei often, and you see a lot of phosphate used in this process. Uh, there's a DNA replication that's going on, and that really is sort of a phosphate sink as these uh, cells come back. So it's sort of this really interesting, unusual fact to me that the hepatic remnant can regrow and things like transarterial catheter embolization, TACE, take advantage of a similar thing. And it's just so uh, interesting to me. So that's number five today for us, this rapid regrowth of the hepatic remnant after major liver resection. Okay, well, that's interesting to you, but kind of creepy, especially, you know, when you think about <laughs> the fact that the liver regrows itself, and it definitely ties in with this slide choice of mythology and having the, the liver eaten out and regrowing over and over for ultimate punishment. It's, it's super interesting. Yeah, that's the classic Prometheus uh, punishment the, where sort of stole fire from the gods, and this is all my memory, uh, so, you know. Uh, pardon me if I don't have it spot on, it's been a long time, but I'll tell you, what a punishment to have a liver uh, constantly uh, consumed and mm -hmm. then, of course, it only to regrow. 
And it turns out liver really does that. So like you said, this is number five on our list, rapid liver regrowth of the remnant. Uh, and I know, like you said, Jessica, you find it kind of creepy. <laughs> I do. I do. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Silence of the Lambs, where he's like, oh, I ate his liver with all the beans and the nice Chianti. <laughs> like, yeah. What a yeah. <laughs> so number four, Jessica, take it away. Okay. Well, this one, um, I wouldn't say this is creepy, but it's super interesting. Um, incomplete gut rotation. Um, yeah. and you know, Jessica, uh, just like you were saying before, um, in, uh, as we go through embryology, uh, the gut uh, actually forms and herniates out through the umbilicus uh, early in gestation, about week six. So just to clarify, because I know we talked about it a little bit ahead of time, and uh, I know you'll have plenty more to say about it, but what's super interesting is uh, the gut herniates out, uh, rotates 270 degrees, at least it's supposed to, and then returns to the abdomen uh, through that umbilicus, and then the area close out, closes out. Except when it doesn't, when patients get omphalocele or something similar, or the rotation is incomplete, even though the gut returns, and they're left with a non-rotation or incomplete rotation or malrotation, a bad one, that uh, can be symptomatic. And they end up with a LADS procedure uh, when there are pediatric patients who have that, and that's all covered, of course, in the book. Um, and interestingly, uh, I've seen two patients who make it to adulthood, and that caused me to read, and approximately 1% of adult patients have some type of non-rotation. And not just patients, I just mean people at large. So it's super fascinating and super interesting to me that there are people walking around who never even come to the hospital, but a percentage of the population has this non-rotation of their gut. So I, I just was really excited to share. I didn't mean to jump in there for you. So no, I mean, it's okay. So what, just as a side note, what happens when an adult comes in and they were unknowing of this and they have this issue? What, what do you do? Well, interestingly, uh, I've seen this in two patients and one patient of mine was 70 years old, seven zero years old, came in with a partial small bowel obstruction. And originally two other surgeons were working on him. And he'd had previous surgical procedures at a very large famous institution. And they placed uh, tubes in him, including a, um, a, a gastrostomy, stomach tube, and an ileostomy, uh, rather, and a um, jejunostomy, a jejunal tube. And despite that, they either didn't recognize uh, or for some reason didn't correct his non-rotation. Maybe they didn't think it was the cause of anything. But this time, his non-rotation, he had these LADS bands overlying the duodenum, just like um, people get when they're kids, just like people get with this condition. And this 70-year-old, to correct everything, had a lysis of adhesions and basically a LADS procedure, even though he was so old. And that's so unusual. Um, and I, you know, I say old, but as I get closer to 70, it's really not that old anymore. I'll tell you though, mm -hmm. that um, he uh, underwent this because there was no clear partial small bowel obstruction from his scar tissue, his adhesions. And so the team opted to correct his non-rotation at 70 years old, actually 72. So interesting, so fascinating, so sort of dark and creepy that there are people I think around that have this. Oh, what do you think? Okay. Just walking around, not knowing yeah. that their guts are all twisted up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, super interesting. Yeah, which brings us to number three. The Absite Smackdown Podcast.
bringing you the best for your ad site review. Oh. So <laughs> I had a bit of a reaction to this picture again because I'm not a surgeon and I don't have the smooth demeanor you guys have. So number three, um, and again, if you're not watching the slides and you're listening, it is, we pronounce this first, Dr. David, to make sure I do not say it wrong. <laughs> no problem. It's gingival hyperplasia. And so the photo is of someone's teeth and gums with the gums sort of winning the war against the teeth, sort of taking over the spot that the, you know, the teeth would normally be in. So mm -hmm. just kind of dramatic if you've never seen it before. And that gingival hyperplasia is a known side effect of cyclosporin. Not every or solid organ transplant recipient gets cyclosporin nowadays. And the ones who do get cyclosporin, not all develop gingival hyperplasia. But Jessica, if you had to pick one of the words that we've been using today to describe things, these different entities, which word would you use to describe this? Honestly, I don't even know. I look at it and to me, they look like bubblegum bubbles. Oh, okay. Would <laughs> I have you... an appropriate word. I'm sure you have an appropriate word, but it just, you know, it makes me a little unsettled. <laughs> okay, so look at the it. more unsettling fact of the five Yes, facts. unsettling. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So yeah, uh, gingival hyperplasia, you know it when you see it. It's fairly unambiguous often. Uh, and it's seen in patients who receive cyclosporin for different indications. So just kind of a dramatic, Jessica, you use the word unsettling fact. Unsettling. <laughs> Number three on our list today. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> number two, Jessica, is the umbilical hernia in the cirrhotic. And the reason this makes our top five darkest, most unsettling um, facts is that this is like a trap. Think of the umbilical hernia in the cirrhotic, whether for the abscite or your oral boards, it's a trap, okay? If you like Star Wars, you have uh, Colonel Akbar or General Akbar, whoever, it's a trap. Well, this is a trap. Okay, this is like, uh, you know, the, the Halloween movie where the killer is clearly in the house. You know the killer's in the house. People are wandering into the house. You know, you'll watch junior residents or faculty kind of wander into the house. And the next thing you know, bam, chainsaw gets them. That's number two on the list. That's the umbilical hernia in the cirrhotic. And here's why. Cirrhotics have often ascites. And umbilical hernias, when you make a surgical incision to repair it, um, you are very much more common to get an ascites or fluid leak out of the wound. And with that fluid leak comes fluid shifts and imbalances and their liver can decompensate. Clearly if they have cirrhosis, it's decompensated usually already. I mean, their liver functions compromised. Uh, they are in a bad way. Uh, if they have ascites, their melt is at least 14. Um, that's just how it works but they will often get an ascites leak via this incision. They'll get kind of a wound infection, ascites leak, and then they'll spiral downward and can die, uh, whether their kidneys shut down or something else happens. It's a nightmare. So like uh, General Akbar says, it's a trap, like the killer in the house waiting with the chainsaw, it's a trap. Um, there are ways around this. You can yeah. place a drain into the belly to get a controlled ascites leak, meaning so it doesn't leak from the wound, but it leaks from where you bring your drain out. That's an option. Why would you ever do something like that? Well, Jessica, the reason you would ever do anything to an umbilical hernia in the cirrhotic is really if you have to. 
if the skin is dead over the area, if there's a piece of incarcerated uh, bowel and that bowel is dead, uh, although that um, is not in you know, all of them, uh, or more commonly, there's already an ascites leak. The skin has died and there's fluid leaking out already. Well, cat's out of the bag. But in general, number two on our list is the trap. It's the killer in the house. It's General Akbar saying it's a trap. Um, and from a Halloween perspective, that's what makes me think of this one as number two. Okay, perfect. I got the Akashi Maroon. Is that how you say it? What is, what is it the one where it's the simulation that they can't win no matter what? Oh, that's a Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, that's a yeah. Star Trek version of Kobayashi Maru. That's the name that's of it. That's it, yes. Yeah, I just totally gave away my sci-fi nerdiness. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly kind of like that. There's no way you can win. What's the best you can do in a losing situation? Right. Yeah, there are actually lots of situations like that in surgery, but this one, uh, I think you nailed it. It's kind of like the Kobayashi Maru. The Absite Smackdown podcast is based on the best-selling review book, Absite Smackdown. The only Absite review with an entire video review course included. Visit AbsiteSmackdown.com and pick it up today. All right, well, perfect. All right, which brings us to our number one. <laughs> okay. Number one is inflammatory breast cancer. And here's why it's scary. Um, Inflammatory breast cancer, Jessica, can look like a lot of other stuff. In the picture, for the people who are just listening, in the picture screen right, it looks like just a rash. That's mm -hmm. the inferior medial portion of the breast. It just has a rash on it. Guess what? It was breast cancer. Uh, you may see a breast lesion, and you think it's just an abscess. People come to the ER with breast abscesses all the time. You say, oh, another breast abscess. It may have MRSA in it, methicillin-resistant staph aureus. Um, you know, it looks like an abscess or, well, guess what? It may not be, it may be cancer. And you always have to have that in the back of your mind when you see these people, that inflammatory breast cancer looks like an abscess. And what you do for it, typically, there are different approaches. One common one is antibiotics for a couple of weeks, see in the office very quickly, impress upon the patient that they need to go to the office, that there is a cancer risk and they need to be followed for that. And then after a certain set time, a brief set time, if there is no improvement, the area needs, or if there's improvement, but it doesn't resolve, the area needs a punch biopsy to check for invasion of the dermal lymphatics with the cancer cells. Um, and the, the hint here uh, is it doesn't resolve with antibiotics or improve. It doesn't completely get better, but really it's index of suspicion. You have to be thinking of it. Uh, this is a scary one because of what it looks like, which is just such a common thing, uh, breast abscess or skin rash. So number one, uh, the reminder that inflammatory breast cancer masquerades like a lot of things, and you have to be sure close follow-up with a punch biopsy um, is done if there's any question. Uh, so what do you think, Jessica? Well, I think breast cancer is just scary regardless, and it could have taken more than one spot just for the fact that it doesn't metastasize the way that most cancers do. Like it doesn't go straight to the nodes. It can just go anywhere. And so for me, that is a super creepy, scary part of just yeah. breast cancer period, let alone, oh, I have a rash on my, my chest. Oh no, that's cancer girl. No. <laughs> You know, That's we, terrifying. We breast cancer metastasized in this orderly process that it went from mm -hmm. lesion to the pectoral nodes and then it kind of went beyond that. And just like you said, it doesn't 
seem to do that anymore. There's the Fisher model of breast cancer that mm -hmm. seems to say, no, you'll have it just in different locations at different times, you know, without regard to what the nodes are. So you really know it's, it's scary period. Yeah. Just number one spot all around, save, save the cha-chas. <laughs> all right, guys. So that was our top five darkest surgical facts. If you have any questions or any comments, you can always email at us at info at the healthcarelab.com. And just to go back over them really quick, Dr. David, hit us with those top five. Sure, number five, hepatic remnant regrowth. And just how interesting it is, the liver can regrow. And the history of some of the punishments that included having the liver eaten by a large bird and it regrows, super kind of dark, but a dark surgical fact. Number four, incomplete gut rotation. Yeah, about 1% of people are out there walking around with their guts returned to their abdomen, but improperly rotated. Uh, and that can manifest late, although usually it's asymptomatic, which is how they made it that long. Number three, gingival hyperplasia of cyclosporin. Jessica called this one creepy, and it is creepy. I encourage you to watch the video version of the podcast if you haven't, just to see how impressive this gingival hyperplasia of cyclosporin can be. Number two, Umbilical hernia in the cirrhotic. This one is a trap. This is the killer in the house in the Halloween movie who has a chainsaw who's waiting on you. Uh, the answer there is don't repair it unless there's a leak from the area of ascites already, or the skin's already dead, or there's a piece of bowel in it that you're very sure is dead. And the reason why is cirrhotics will decompensate often post repair. If you do have to do a repair, options include placing a drain so that you get a controlled ascites leak rather than an ascites leak via your wound. And then last, and Jessica said breast cancer could have taken up more than just the first spot, but number one on the list, inflammatory breast cancer. And the reason it's so scary is that inflammatory breast cancer looks just like a breast rash or abscess. And I can't say enough about how this one is really kind of like a masquerade ball, how it's uh, people wearing a mask, but belying, but that, that distracts from the underlying truth that uh, you have breast cancer here, not an abscess. So the answer is close follow-up, antibiotics early on, uh, impress upon the patient that they really need to be seen uh, very quickly. And then if a lack of resolution, complete resolution or any question, uh, they get a biopsy of the area. So those are the top five darkest surgical facts for this Halloween. Thanks, Dr. David. Thanks for being on the show. And again, guys, if you want more info or just want to follow us, go to absitesmackdown.com. On Insta, you can find us at, at Daily Absite Facts. On Facebook, we're at Absite Smackdown. Twitter, at Absite Smackdown. LinkedIn, at Absite Smackdown. YouTube, the Absite Smackdown channel. And starting this week, we're going to be on TikTok, at Absite Smackdown. Um, follow us on our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Cloud, anywhere you want, you can find us. And guys, remember, hashtag Abside Smackdown. Thanks for listening to the Absite Smackdown podcast. Visit us at AbsightSmackdown.com for more great Absite facts.